0: It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. everyone. My name is Nikki Young, and this is Serial Napper, an international chakram podcast. For my last episode of 2021, I'm bringing you back to Japan, where my podcast started. The thing about Japan is, in general, it's a very safe place to live. Guns are nearly non-existent, and crime, it's pretty minimal. But I've always said when someone goes off here and does something illegal... It's usually to the extreme. Tonight, we're talking about one of those extreme crimes, and this one is referred to as the Akihabara Massacre. Thirteen years ago, Tomohiro Kato would go on an absolute rampage in one of the busiest neighborhoods in all of Tokyo. In the end, six men and one woman would be killed. His reason for the murder spree? Revenge for the poor treatment that he perceived to have been received. We'll talk about who Tomohiro Kato was, what he did, and what led to this senseless massacre. Before we jump in, I have a couple of quick updates. Firstly, this will be my final episode of 2021, so I wanted to send you guys all a huge thanks for listening to Serial Napper for the past, I don't know what, it's been a year and a half? And it's been quite a ride. We've covered some crazy cases together. I will be taking a two-week possibly holiday, or at least that's what I have scheduled and I guess we'll see how long I last. But in the meantime, you guys should check out another amazing podcast called Namely 90s with Andrew and Brandon. I had the opportunity to jump on a show with them and talk about a Christmas episode of The Pretender, which if you haven't watched the series, it's from the 90s. I don't know what to tell you other than you're missing out on some really good cheesy stuff. Anyway, it was a ton of fun, so once you're done here, make sure you hop on over and check out Namely 90s. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Garage Stores with a Z.com. Head on over to their online shop featuring some of the coolest, most innovative vehicle accessories around. They have absolutely everything you need for your car, your truck, whatever it is you're driving, including organizers, car accessories, repair tools, and more. And with spring around the corner, I mean, kind of around the corner, right? It's time to get your ride ready. Grab those car cleaning products and get rid of the salt and the dust you've collected over the winter. New year, new you, right? And I guess practically a new car. One of my favorite things about their online shop is that they have a ton of product reviews from real customers. So you can find out about the quality and the usefulness of the product that you're interested in buying before you actually buy it. They also offer free four day shipping within the US, so you'll get your purchases really quickly. Check out garage stores with a Z.com for all of your vehicle accessory needs. Seriously, they have so many cool products. That's G-A-R-A-G-E-S-T-O-R-E-Z dot com. And I'll also have their link in my show notes. Alright, let's jump in. I think most of you by now know that I've lived in Tokyo for the last three and a half years, so I've been to Akihabara more times than I can count. It's maybe a 20-minute train ride from my house, and it's honestly one of the most entertaining districts in all of Japan. Akihabara is a hotspot for anyone who enjoys anime and manga. There's so many different shops with comics and toys and other merch for both kids and collectors alike. You'll also find a ton of video games and electronic shops for the geek in your life, and... Made cafes (laughs) I have to mention maid cafes I can't talk about Akihabara without talking about maid cafes so for those of you that are not familiar with maid cafes they are literally what they sound like they're cafes where the waitresses are dressed up in these cute little maid outfits and they're basically paid to entertain they sing songs and dance around while they bring you your food it sounds like it might be fun for kids right Well, not exactly. I mean, you can go with your kids, but you'll usually find grown men in these cafes. And as you can imagine, they're there for the cute girls in these maid costumes. In any case, the streets of Akihabara are jam-packed every day at all times of the day or night, with locals as well as tourists. Tomohiro Kato would use this to his advantage to hurt as many people as he could as quickly as he could. Tomohiro was born on September 28, 1982 in Japan, and he grew up in Awamori, which is at the tippity-tip of the main island of Japan known as Honshu. His family was well-to-do, with his father working as a top manager at a financial institution, and his mother being a very hands-on, stay-at-home mother and wife. And although the family was financially fine, home life was very difficult for Tomohiro. A lot of this stems from the work-life culture in Japan. I've mentioned this in other true crime stories that I've covered here from Japan, but the pressure to be successful is enormous. It's one of the reasons why Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the whole world. Tomohiro would have been primed for success right from being a small child. In elementary school, he very much lived up to his parents' expectations. He performed well with academics and with sports. In fact, he was a top-track athlete and an A-plus student. He was also quite popular, and he had a lot of friends in his younger years. He was even president of the tennis club in junior high, so his parents would have been quite proud of him. But things began to change when he entered high school, This is when the pressure to perform really became apparent because he was getting set up for success as an adult. And so his parents were very, very hard on him, and he was struggling. Actually, hard on him might be an understatement because the pressure that was put on Tomohiro was abusive, particularly at the hands of his mother. For example, in his written studies, if he were to misspell something using the wrong character, she would literally take his homework and she would rip it up and make him start over. When he was asked to go through math equations, if he answered incorrectly, she would dunk his head into cold water. Neighbors would even see him standing outside of the family home in the dead of winter for hours as part of his punishment, for not performing according to his parents' standards. And Tomohiro, he was failing school. Out of 360 students, he ranked number 300 academically. So he spent as much time as he could away from his home and away from his parents to avoid his mother's wrath. Beyond academics, his social life was much different now that he was in high school Where he had always been social and popular when he was younger, he was now often bullied and isolated from his peers. Those who attended high school with him described him as very lonely and distant, and they said that sometimes he would even carry a knife with him at school. Things really came to a breaking point when he began applying to the university of his dreams. His mother had always wanted him to become an engineer after attending the very prestigious Hokkaido University. This was always the plan since he was a young boy, but he failed his entrance exam and he was denied a spot in the program. He would try to study harder and attempt the exam again, but he would fail a second time too. And this is when Tomohiro became really depressed and angry. And he felt more alone than ever because his parents pretty much gave up on him at this point and focused all of their time and energy towards his younger brother. Which, yes, would give him a little bit of breathing room from all of that horrible, abusive treatment. But I think that the only thing worse to him was to be completely ignored by them. Tomohiro decided to switch focus and attend Naka Nihon Automotive College where he trained to become an auto mechanic. And in 2005, things were actually starting to look up as he was hired by a truck company in Saitama, which is a neighborhood in Tokyo. He was thankful to have steady employment, but he struggled financially. Tokyo is an insanely expensive place to live and his paycheck at the truck company, it wasn't really cutting it. He began racking up a lot of personal debt, and he was barely keeping his head above water. He became depressed, withdrawn, he had no friends to vent to, and he spent the majority of his time watching anime and chatting on message boards. Meanwhile, his family back home, well, they were completely ignoring him, and he had no desire to even go back and visit them. Now, during my research, I learned a new Japanese term that I had never heard of to describe the kind of person that Tomohiro was. He was a hikikomori, which is a term used to describe younger adults who lock themselves away from the world, away from family and friends and coworkers, and they spend all of their time online or watching TV or playing video games, which is incredibly sad, but it does make sense. With such a high suicide rate in Japan, it's not really a surprise that some people would be so unhappy with their lives that they would basically become a recluse. According to the Japanese government in 2010, there were 700,000 individuals living as hikikomori within Japan with an average age of 31 Then in 2015, another survey estimated that there were 541,000 hikikomori aged 15 to 39. In 2019, another survey showed that there were roughly 613,000 people who were aged 40 to 64, that they fell into this new category of adult hikikomori, which Japan's welfare minister at the time referred to as a new social issue. And I've seen it here firsthand. It's really sad and also very common in Japan. And in 2006, Tomohiro attempted to take his own life by ramming his truck into the wall of a building. He did not succeed in killing himself and instead only suffered a concussion. He was feeling beaten down, but he was alive And again, his luck changed for the better, and he was hired as a temporary worker at an auto parts factory in central Shizuoka Prefecture. And the job, it paid better, and they even supplied him with accommodations. It was enough for him to get by and carry on. But shortly after, he had heard that the company would be going through a massive layoff, and this began to really stress him out. He was also experiencing online bullying by the only people that he communicated with, the people on those message boards. They were now starting to turn on him and bully him and call him names. And these were his only form of basically any social interaction at the time. He didn't have any friends or a girlfriend, and now he felt like he couldn't find any solace in these message forums either. (laughs) I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Three days before the Akihabara massacre would be carried out, Tomohiro went into work and he realized that his uniform was missing from his locker. Now, he had no idea where it was or why it had seemingly vanished, but he assumed that it was connected to the layoffs at the auto parts factory. The ones that he had known were coming, and he just assumed that this meant that he was going to be laid off. And he just lost it. He lost his mind. There were other workers who were there that day at the plant, and they reported that he was seen running around screaming about his missing uniform, which they right away thought was highly unusual because he was typically such a quiet individual. His colleagues went to go find him a new uniform, like no big deal, and when they returned, he had already left. He would not be back to work the next day either. Instead, he would go to visit a camping and outdoor supply shop where he would purchase a knife. And he would begin posting a slew of warning messages online about what he was thinking and what he was planning. He said that he was ugly and he had no girlfriend, writing, That's the source of my problems. I'm in a mood to kill people regardless of who they are. He also wrote, Oh, I am hopeless. What I want to do. Commit murder. My dream? To monopolize the tabloid TV shows. I saw a loving couple at a riverbank. I wish they were killed by being swept away by the river. Since I was young, I was forced to play a good boy. I am used to deceiving people. I don't have a single friend, and I won't in the future. I'll be ignored because I'm ugly, he wrote in one message in May. In another message, he wrote, If I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't have just left my job or be addicted to my cell phone. A man with hope could never understand this. I'm lower than trash because at least the trash gets recycled. Then on Sunday, June 8, 2008, he would go through with his plans, posting updates on the message boards beginning at 5 a.m. that morning. At 5.21, he wrote, Sleepy will drive into the crowd, and if the car becomes useless, I will use a knife. Goodbye, everyone. At 5.53, he wrote, I can't get over this headache. At 5.35, he wrote, Rain is forecast. Bad. 6.02, he wrote, I'm used to playing the role of good man. Everybody is so easily deceived. 6.03, just a minute later, he wrote, Am I incapable of having friends? 6.10, he wrote, It seems the road I plan to take is blocked. After all everything is against me. 6:31 he wrote the time has come let's go. 6:39 he wrote it seems i'll be battling against my headache. 6:49 he wrote against rain. 1 minute later at 6:50 he wrote against time. 7:30 he wrote what a dreadful rain even though i prepared everything perfectly. he wrote, even though the scale is small, I'll do what I decided to in the rain. Then two hours later, he wrote, into Kanagawa and having a rest, things are going well at the moment. 10.53, he wrote, awful jam, will I be in time? At 11.07, he wrote, Shibuya, it's awful. And for those of you that don't know, Shibuya is another very popular neighborhood in Tokyo, very close to Akihabara. At eleven forty five, he wrote, Reached Akihabara, it's the day of quote unquote pedestrians paradise, isn't it? Just minutes left now. Despite all of his posting, this information unfortunately never reached the police, and so nothing was done to stop him. It was a Sunday, and so Chuo Dori was closed to vehicular traffic to allow pedestrians to shop the busy street on foot. When Tomohiro arrived, the streets were packed with people shopping for electronics and comic books, filling the cafes for lunch. Tomohiro had rented a two-ton truck specifically for his mission. At approximately 12.30 p.m., he ran a red light and then drove down the street, plowing right into the crowd as people tried to jump out of the way. Other people ran towards those who had been hit by the truck to see if they could try to help them with their injuries but Tomohiro abruptly stopped the truck and got out, ran into the crowds with two knives. He began to scream and stab people indiscriminately. It didn't matter if they were male or female, young or old, he just wanted to inflict violence on as many people as he possibly could. In the end, He had run over numerous people, I actually haven't seen a number listed, but tons of people, and he stabbed at least 12, as many as 17. Police chased him down, and one was able to hit Tomohiro over the head with his baton, which didn't seem to faze him at all as he ran around screaming. Clearly, he was filled with adrenaline at this point. Then the police were able to corner him in an alley with guns drawn, which, let me tell you, does not happen often in Japan. And Tomohiro dropped his knife and gave up. He was seen, arrested, being put into the back of a cruiser, covered in blood. At the police station, he was cooperative, but also unapologetic for what he had done. His motive? He thought he had just lost his job, although later it would be confirmed that he was not one of the employees that was going to be laid off. He also blamed loneliness and said if he had a girlfriend, none of this would have happened. Finally, he blamed online bullying on the message boards that he really relied on for human interaction. Surprisingly enough, he stated that he did not blame his mother or his upbringing in any way though both his mother and his father would make a public apology for the actions of their son. On March 24th, 2011, Tomohiro was sentenced to death, which was upheld by the Tokyo High Court the following year when he tried to appeal. It was after this finality that Tomohiro Kato would express remorse for his actions, saying that he, quote-unquote, would like to apologize to those who passed away, the injured and their families. But he also claimed that he had no memory of the events that happened that day. He said he clearly knew he was the one who did it, but he doesn't remember doing it. Which sounds like a cop-out to me. Either way, Tomohiro is currently sitting on death row still to this day and awaiting execution. His victims weren't the only ones to suffer. His family would also go through a great deal of difficulty. His father had to quit his job due to all the harassment... His parents divorced, and shortly after that, his mother was put into a mental health facility where she remains to this day. His father still resides in the family home, although neighbors say that he doesn't go outside the home, he doesn't see or speak to anyone. Tomohiro's younger brother, Yuji, also had to leave his job, and he became so depressed over all of the negative attention and media coverage from what his brother did, that ultimately he ended his life. Events like this rarely happen in a vacuum. Shortly after the Akihabara massacre, there were many reports of attempted copycats, though thankfully none of them succeeded. But even in the three and a half years that I've lived here, there have been similar events. My first or second New Year's Eve here, a man tried to drive his vehicle down Tekeshita Street in Harajuku, which was filled with people who had just been at the temple. And just this past Halloween, there was an attack on the subway system, where a man, dressed as Joker, began to stab people and fill the train cars with explosions and fires. Japan is known to be one of the safest countries in the world, and it's true. Generally, it's very safe, especially because there's practically no guns here. But there is a huge problem with knife violence and violent attacks like this carried out by lonely, depressed, usually men who blame the strict societal pressures of Japan for their actions. And until and unless that changes, I don't think we'll see an end to incidents like this. No country is perfect. And although Japan can appear to many as this sort of superior, cool place, sometimes it really does not. Every country has its issues. And unfortunately, this is one that Japan continues to struggle with even to this day. That's it for me tonight. I'd like to once again thank our sponsor. Make sure you check out garage stores with a Z.com for all of your vehicle accessory needs. They have buyer reviews. Free four day shipping in the US, and a money back guarantee. That's g a r a g e s t o r e z dot com. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can always find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And one note on that, Spotify now allows ratings and reviews. So if you listen to me on Spotify, I would love if you could head over and give me a review, a rating, whatever it is they have. Apparently, people on Spotify are a lot more particular with their ratings. (laughs) So I'm sure I could use all the help I can get over there. If you're on Twitter, you can check me out at serial underscore napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper. That's all one word. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up, like, and subscribe. If you'd like more ad-free exclusive content, as well as supplemental documents and details on all the cases I cover, make sure you join my Patreon page over at patreon.com serialnapper. I also post two additional Patreon-only ad-free episodes over there each month. So go check it out. Until next time. Stay safe, stay inspired, and I'll see you in 2022. Bye.